like me had garage work done be it flooring or customized storage from garage experts steve noni mark and his crew were exceptional i'm extremely pleased with how my three-car garage turned out it has completely transformed it i highly recommend mark and his company for your epoxy or storage needs they are just fantastic to work with levon said from start to finish the entire process professional smooth seamless the office staff fantastic presenting showroom options and honest upfront pricing. Mark and the install crew were early each day, did a fabulous job. They delivered what they promised in a timely manner. They finished product, the finished product is incredible. The neighbors are already impressed. We highly recommend Garage Experts of Southwest Missouri. And again, many of the reviews, and including my own experience, is my personal home garage transformation. But if you own a business, I'm telling you, the benefits that some area businesses have gotten from having the flooring transformed to the epoxy flooring, not just the looks of it, but just the overall benefits to the floor itself as a moisture barrier and an easy cleanup uh, is tremendous. And I, I recommend you reach out and find out what they can do for you. Garage experts under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. Most people have pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is overstated rhetoric. In fact, I oftentimes myself in describing the overstated rhetoric, will overstate it by referring to it as hysteria. <laughs> uh, I, I just, it, it, it is some unnecessary emotional fuel. There's something about it that just grates on me. And we're hearing a lot of it with this discussion of the ouster of McCarthy. The top of the hour, there was some Republican member of Congress who was noting what a horrible day that this is. And we continue to hear how eight Republicans, number one, the comment was made that well, eight Republicans have given Biden and Democrats uniform control over our government. But that's not true. What are Democrats going to be able to do now that they weren't able to do when McCarthy was Speaker? They don't control Congress. Now, it may slow down some things that Republicans were currently doing, possibly. It may not. I, I don't know. That is yet to be seen. That depends on how quickly they get things together and get somebody new in that position but th this doesn't give Democrats, you know, it, now it, they're enjoying this. Yes. And from a marketing standpoint, they can point to it as look, Republicans, you can't trust them with anything. They, this is their, this is how they govern. It's chaotic. They, they you know, that, yes, that they are able to utilize that in this moment, but it, it's not giving Democrats any more control than they have had up until this point. 
the argument that somehow something was done, let's just use the term wrong, because only eight Republicans made this happen. Eight Republicans. It was because of eight Republicans siding with Democrats. Now, Speaker of the House is not a political position. The Speaker of the House isn't technically, nor is it supposed to be, a position that is filled simply by the party in control. It is by Congress as a whole. Now, by default, the party that is in charge, generally, obviously, because they have the most votes, as long as they get everyone on the same page, that is the party that is going to choose the speaker. But that's not what the speaker, it is the speaker of the house. If it were supposed to just be, because the the implication here is that these eight Republicans have done something wrong because there's only eight of them and the majority of Republicans, the vast majority of Republicans, wanted McCarthy to stay in there. Well, that, frankly, is irrelevant to the picking of the speaker. If it were supposed to be what a majority of Republicans wanted or a majority of Democrats, if they were in charge, wanted, that's how the speaker would be chosen. The speaker is not chosen by which party has the most members. Okay, you guys get to decide. You all don't get a vote. That's not how it works. This isn't arguing that it is ideal, the way things panned out. But this, I I don't like this being positioned as if in the the context of how a speaker is supposed to be chosen, these eight Republicans did something wrong because they didn't in that context. Politically, for the Republican Party, perhaps yes, but not in the context of how a speaker is to be chosen. I heard Newt Gingrich has just railed on these people. Railed on them. On Hannity last night saying that the, well, now, I'm not going to play the audio for you. I'll just tell you what he said. He, he, he essentially said, these people should be run out of office. Every one of them should be primary. And they should never be able to hold public office again. And his argument is that you have some, you know, these self-righteous individuals that are tying everything up. In all due fairness, and I really like Newt Gingrich, That's pretty much exactly what people said about him when he was Speaker of the House in the mid-90s with the government shutdown. That Republicans were self-righteous, that Republicans under Newt Gingrich were power-hungry, and they were forcing the entire government to shut down in order to fulfill their arrogant and narcissistic needs. And so, yeah, just seems as if maybe former Speaker Gingrich should kind of remember back to when he was also subject of such accusations. I'm not saying what was done and you know, was the right move or the wrong move. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm just saying a lot of the rhetoric that is being used is it's very unnecessary. And frankly, it's, it's a smidgen of the way that Democrats normally behave. Let's not forget, do you remember when there was the five-day period 
that McCarthy was not getting the votes he needed. Do you remember that period of time? The establishment Republicans acted as if that was the biggest stain on our country. And there were some Republicans that were claiming that it was going to hurt the Republicans' chances of taking back the White House, as if anybody today or even a month after that happened remembered it. I mean, intellectually remembered it, but emotionally did not. But if you listen to the establishment Republicans at the time, they portrayed it as if pretty much like they're portraying this today, that this is this catastrophe that is this massive embarrassment that is going to have implications for the Republican Party as far as the eye can see. Yet it did not, did it? And this, I suspect, in and of itself, will be similar. It will be forgotten in terms of how tragic and catastrophic it is. What is going to make a difference is whomever gets the speakership. Now, that that will have implications. Um, but the process itself, I, I, I just I don't believe and I don't buy into all this hype and I don't like it. It's, it I find it extremely annoying. Latest news update. Good morning. I'm Cutter 10 and Fox 49's Jesse Inman. An apartment fire on the east side of Springfield forces several people to evacuate Tuesday night. A unit at Crosswinds Apartments on Ingram Mill caught fire Tuesday evening, forcing those evacuations. The fire was on the third floor of the apartment complex. Fire officials tell Cutter 10 there is heavy smoke damage to the apartment. No injuries were reported in that fire. A dump truck strikes the State Highway J Bridge overpass just east of Springfield on U.S. Highway 60. According to the Greene County Sheriff's Office, that portion of the Highway J Bridge will remain closed as damage is assessed. Only the passing lane going westbound on U.S. 60 is open. MoDOT warns drivers that traffic on westbound Highway 60 may take a little longer to drive through. For Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. The first alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt, sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Shower storms today, high of 73. Showers, storms likely tonight, 63. Showers and storms likely uh, tomorrow morning, then mostly sunny, the high of 73. Sarah Myers, everyone. Thank you. Wanted to read a couple of reviews this morning for my friends down there at Quick Draw Gun and Monet. Leah wrote, very helpful and knowledgeable. Thank you for your time and attention. I am confident I made the right purchase and I'll be back. And Kimberly wrote, this is my go-to gun store. Brad, Jason, and the rest of the staff are patient, friendly, helpful, fair, and extremely knowledgeable. I wouldn't go anywhere else. Now, I love to tell you about Brad and his team down there at Quick Draw Gun because I went down there a couple months ago and purchased my first firearm. I had a lot of questions and not going to lie, I was a little nervous because I, I didn't know what I needed to purchase. And Brad and his team, they walked me through the entire thing from just what gun is going to work for me to what accessories do I need? Do I need accessories? And so on and so forth. They answered all of my questions and they were just a great group to work with. And right now is a great time to head down there as well, especially if you are a hunter because you can stock up on your ammo. If you're wanting to add to your collection, they can help you out with that. Or maybe you're like me and you have tons of questions and you're wanting to be a first firearm owner as well. Brad and his team, they'll get you all taken care of. You can find all of the contact information for Quick Draw Gun and Monet under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. After the vote to ouster yesterday, Matt Gates leaving the Capitol, a uh, gaggle of reporters surrounding him. And a number of the questions that we hear rhetorically asked, or that you may even have in your head, like, 
you know, well, how do you expect, I mean, who do you want? There's nobody in line to be speaker. What are you thinking? What's your plan? Um, how do you plan to get anything through? Trump said he didn't think this is a good idea. I mean, you, but you talk like he's on your side. What's the story with that? Those are questions that, that were asked. They were actually really good probing questions. And Matt Gates answered those questions with a great deal of confidence. And here I thought I'd play some of the exchange for you from yesterday. Analyzed the House of Representatives today. To whose benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say that is to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's to the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. Uh, we are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better. So if not Kevin McCarthy, then who? Then who? You said last night that Steve Scalise was a name that you floated to potentially be speaker. Where do things stand right now? If not McCarthy, then who? Well, uh, you know, the stages of grief, I think, are uh, in progress right now now with some of my colleagues. I think there was a stage of denial, and I've certainly experienced a good amount of their anger, and now we appear to be headed toward bargaining. I think the world of Steve Scalise, I think he'd make a phenomenal speaker. We've got less than 45. I'm afraid of $33 trillion in debt crushing the working people in my district. I'm afraid of the dollar losing its status as the global reserve currency. If they want to expel me, let me know when they have the Has vote. Has anyone talked about less than 45 days left before we, Sorry, go we've ahead. got less than 45 days left before you have to pass a budget, which is something that you've been wanting to do. Doesn't this just completely paralyze the House? I mean, we could see 15 more rounds. I don't think we will. Uh, I think Kevin McCarthy should take a hint. After 15 ballots to become speaker, after eight months of a failed speakership, and after removal uh, in this historic manner, I think we should move on and find somebody else. What's paralyzed the House of Representatives has been the failure of Speaker McCarthy. What paralyzed the House of Representatives was not taking up appropriations bills. We left for a six-week vacation while the appropriations process hung in the balance. And because I forced these people to take a few votes, you think I'm paralyzing the House of Representatives? I think the House of Representatives has been paralyzed for the last several decades as we've refused to pass a budget as we've governed by continuing resolution and omnibus bill. So I think that this represents the ripping off of the Band-Aid, and that's what we need to do to get back on track. How do you pass anything if 200 Republicans? How do you pass anything? to your colleagues? who argue you don't have another name right now. You don't have someone else who could get 218 votes. What do you tell those people? Well, I would tell them that for certain, Kevin McCarthy can't get 218 votes, so let's try the next person. How do you pass something? with uh, Pro Tem, obviously. There would have to be a, a real meeting of the minds there. Gates, how do you pass something if there's sorry, 200, you if there's 200 Republicans? Somebody else has another question. Are you going to ask for uh, a guarantee from whoever is the, or floated as a candidate for the next speaker for them to actually move the appropriations process along in a speed that satisfies you? Yes. Congressman, at this So, will you be putting yourself forward for the speakership? Absolutely not. I have no desire to be Speaker of the House. How do you pass, Congressman, with, with all due respect, how do you pass something if you don't have 200 Republicans behind you? I know we've already asked about names, but what about Emmer and others? I think the world to Tom Emmer. He'd make a great speaker. Congressman, are you going to have you spoken with Scalise? Have you spoken with Emmer? 
Uh, I've spoken with him, but I'll probably keep our conversations between us. What was going through your head when the vote gaveled down and it was official McCarthy wasn't speaker? Just, we we got to move to the next step. You know, we, we are not at the end of this process, okay? At, at most, we're approaching halftime. Uh, we've got to be able to assemble a governing coalition. We have to build from a place of trust. The reason Kevin McCarthy went down today is because nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy has made multiple contradictory promises, and when they all came due, he lost he lost votes of people who maybe don't even ideologically agree with me on everything. Take, for example, my colleague from South Carolina, Ms. Mace. She's She has different views than I do on a variety of subjects, but what we had in common, Kevin McCarthy lied to but all of us. Hold on a second. You're saying, you're saying that nobody trusts Kevin McCarthy, but you're talking about including yourself about seven republicans compared to about 200 and and, and about you know d some odd republicans who actually do trust him so can you kind of explain yes. that here well, Where as it turns out getting 200 republicans to trust you isn't enough to stay speaker compared to Congress, seven at this republicans point, at this point, have you spoken to former president trump about this since the ousting was he supportive of the of what you were doing uh, i have spoken to president trump over the last several days the ousting only occurred several minutes ago so we haven't spoken during well, that president trump though put on he put on truth social that he didn't think this was a good idea he didn't want to see republicans fighting with other republicans how do you respond to the former president uh i i would uh i would say that uh my conversations with the former president leave me with great confidence that I'm doing the right thing. All right, so that is uh, much of the uh, spur of the moment. It's not really a press conference, but answering of questions by reporters that swarmed around Matt Gates after uh, that vote took place yesterday. I, I want to take a quick break, and then, um, as I mentioned, we're going to about 15, 20 minutes from now have Congressman Burleson on, uh, get his thoughts. Now that this has occurred, we spoke with him a day before the vote, and we'll get his thoughts of feel and temperature of, of what's going on uh, in um, in Washington. And this, this fill-in speaker, the speaker pro tem, um, one of the questions that a lot of people are asking is, it does, is his ability limited? Can Congress still function the way that it normally would uh, with the permanent speaker, or are there limitations there? So that's something we'll uh, find out as well. Uh, and it, you can, if you have any questions, the American Transmissions Talk, a text line 447-KSGF. Go ahead and text those in. I'm Nick Reed. Showers and storms for the day. A look at that. Well, it's even darker now than when the show started, I think. Uh, also, coming up Friday, we do have Happy Hour Retro Metro 4 to 6 traffic update. I'm Nick Reed. Yep, all those great home loan needs. I want a great home loan.com. If you're waiting for the interest rates to fall, that may not be in your best interest financially and otherwise. Uh, reach out to uh, the character team at I want a great home loan.com. If that is where you are, if that's your state of mind, um, you're just waiting because, well, Oh, man, two, three years ago, uh, I've got friends and they locked in at two point whatever percent or three point two five percent. And now it's you know, double that. I'd be insane in order to uh, get an interest rate at that uh, or get a loan with that interest rate. Well, that may not necessarily be the case. A lot of this is going to depend on how long you're planning on you know, living in your home. And, and there's so many factors. Plus, you can always refinance when the rates go down. But that's all information you get with I want a great home loan .com. 
Because you do. First alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Shower storms today, high of 73. Showers storms tonight, 63. And showers and storms likely tomorrow morning. Then sunshine with a high of 73. Uh, we'll ca- talk with Congressman Burleson coming up here in just a, a bit regarding everything that is going on with the speakership situation. It is the first time that this has happened. I think some of the hysterics are a bit overblown. Um, I, you know, I, I don't believe this is the falling of the institution, but I, I do want to just tell you thoughts that rattle around in my head. And there's a story. Like many others, this one in Daily Caller, quote, shouldn't be in the GOP. House Republicans slam Matt Gates, others who voted out Kevin McCarthy. And there are several House Republicans that are slamming the, the these Republicans And saying they shouldn't be, that there's no place for them in the Republican Party. I understand and appreciate the frustration of these Republicans. And let let me tell you why. I feel like I always caveat this by saying it doesn't mean it was the right thing, doesn't mean the wrong thing, but I'm just telling you perspectives here. The sense I get from some of these Republicans is that, once again, particularly when it comes to spending, and Matt Gates said this, we continue, I mean, the the debt ceiling fight, we literally lifted the debt ceiling for a couple of years. And while some argue that they believe progress is being made and that McCarthy still had an opportunity to prove that we were going to get spending under control, I understand, or I could just tell you as a voter, my perspective, I can't tell you how long I've heard Republicans saying that. They always tell us that. And so when you have members of the Republican Party who say there is no room in the Republican Party for people like Matt Gates, who, among other things, cites the fact that we're still spending too much as the reason for this. Where is a place for those Republicans? Where do Republican voters go if they want people in charge who are going to get the debt under control? Where do they go? Where do Republican voters, whom do they support? If they want to stop seeing that debt clock go up and up and up and up. Where do Republicans go? Whether they are people who have run as Republicans and and got elected as Republicans or, again, Republican voters. Where do we go if we want somebody that's going to cut spending, actually cut spending? Where? You know, I understand from a we want to continue to be in power position, the aggravation and the frustration that the Republican Party has for these people. But you, I don't think you can blame them. What are we supposed to do? I mean, really? If we, and the sense I get is that's where some of these Republicans are. They're at the point, they're like, what, are, what else are we supposed to do? This is what we ran on. This is part of what Matt Gates said. 
you know, the, the trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, and it continues. I got elected telling my people I would fight against that. And the people who, are, who run as Republicans seem to fall into either one of two categories. They either get in there and really, truly have absolutely no interest whatsoever in cutting spending and making government smaller. They just say that to get elected. Or they're Republicans who do believe it, but they get backed into a corner by the party. They get essentially rendered totally and completely irrelevant to where they can't get anything done whatsoever. And the spending continues. So I, I, yeah, I guess I would say to some of these Republicans that are very angry and very frustrated, what do you suggest that Republicans, again, voters or lawmakers, do if their goal and their promise is to actually cut spending? Now, I suppose what the answer is, well, you just got to be patient. You have to understand there's only so much we could do. The Republican Party has been saying that my entire adult life. At what point do we have to stop understanding? At what point do people have to stop expecting the people who claim that put us in charge and we'll get spending under control to actually do it? I get it. I understand the anger, the frustration, how this causes a huge problem. It puts a wrench in everything. But what what do you then suggest those people do other than fly a kite or jump off a cliff? Because I got to be honest with you, that just appears to be the attitude of the Republican Party as a whole for voters and some Republican members of Congress who genuinely do want to cut spending, and, you know, to get the, the, the and to do things the way that congressionally they're supposed to do, actually pass budgets, not do continuing resolution, continuing resolution, and these omnibus budgets that just cover everything. What's and, and that's happened, as Gates noted, for it seems like decades now. And the impression I get, and I've gotten for some time, is that those of us who want that were basically told, go to hell. We're told, oh, yes, we'll do it. But once we get in there, we're told, you just don't understand. And it never gets done. So what do you want? What are we supposed to do? And I would just suggest if there are some Republicans that are part of the establishment that have a difficult time understanding why some Republicans may support something like this, if you really truly want to understand it, you need to think about those things. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Ree. Uh, Monday, we spoke with Congressman Burleson, and one of the issues that came up was the potential of ousting McCarthy. And I'd say in rather quick fashion, that uh, actually occurred. I don't know that... Many Republicans expected it to occur, perhaps as, as swiftly as it did, uh, but it has occurred. 
And uh, Congressman Burleson and all the, the chaos and busyness is kind enough to join us again to talk a little bit about how he voted why. And in fact, he, he did touch on that. But I know a lot of listeners are are I, we're getting clearly on both sides here. Some that think, oh, this looks awful. If it's what the Democrats wanted, you know, all of this chaos, then it can't be good. Others that are like, good, this is what has to happen because nobody seems to be listening to those that want this problem solved. And so a lot of people seeking answers and uh, I want to thank you. And also a uh, happy late birthday. I know you had a birthday recently. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, well, okay, I, I do want to ask first and foremost, one of the things that I wasn't aware of, and probably a lot of people weren't either when we were hearing about all the chaos that would ensue, is after this vote took place, it was like, oh, by the way, there's somebody that's going to basically be speaker uh, to keep things running until uh, a permanent speaker is chosen. I did like he kicked Pelosi out of one of those little side offices. Thought that was classic. But um, it, some people are, are, I'm hearing different stories. You know, some are saying, well, Congress still can't do anything. He's just sort of a placeholder, while others are saying and reporting that, oh, no, no, it, everything can continue to function uh, with him as speaker. How does that work? No, there's no no bills that can come to the floor except for the the vote the resolution to vote in the speaker. Okay, that's so, the only thing that we you can do on the floor. Got it. So, his, so there's he has a lot of ministerial. The speaker's job has a lot of ministerial role. In other words, right. all the HR. I mean, at the end of the day, he runs the grounds mm-hmm. at the Capitol. If you think about it, for example, one of the one of the Best examples is on January 6th, Nancy Pelosi mm. made a, made the executive decision to not allow for the, the troops to come in to protect the, the building. Those are the kind of decisions that now Patrick McHenry has. Got it. Now, we, again, as I mentioned, talked to you on Monday. You indicated at that point where you were, why you were there. Of course, not everyone got a chance to hear that. Um, there were eight Republicans that voted to oust him, which was enough with Democrats, of course. Uh, you were one, like the majority, Jim Jordan being one of them. Uh, you know, so many of these Republicans that said, no, we need to keep on this path. So for everybody that is listening, that wondering, OK, why did you vote the way that you voted? Uh, if you would just let everyone know that. Yeah, look, Nick, I want to accomplish. I want to save America. And I want to accomplish the most conservative wins that we can. And so when you're trying to make that calculation and, and we're sit, sitting in a situation where, so for me, I was calculating a couple of things. One, can it be worse? You know, what's the outcome if we get rid of McCarthy, which I still don't know. I still do not know what, who's going to replace him. And if that person is going to be better, um, and then two, I, but what I did know is that if we did have a vacancy, then we were, we're going to lose time in mm-hmm. passing the appropriation bills, which is what we have to do. We have not done it in 27 years. And I feel like we were on track to passing them and now, now we're not. And so that's why I, look, I, it was not about whether or not I like McCarthy or right. don't like McCarthy or it was to me, it's, I'm just making a calculation for what's the mm-hmm. best for the country or based on risk right now, there could very well be a better outcome, but it's a long shot, mm-hmm. right? 
I mean, it's it's more of a long shot than what I think uh, could have happened with McCarthy. So it's my hope and prayer that we get a conservative firebrand elected the speaker, and they drive they drive home with a great resolve all of these conservative wins. There, Politico has been reporting that Scalise is making phone calls, uh, gauging support, that Jim Jordan is doing the same. Also, Kevin Hearn from the Tulsa area. I don't think people are as familiar with him as Scalise and Jordan. Um, and I think this is surprising to some people. One, because you know Jordan was very clear last time around that this wasn't something he was interested in. And he, of course, was speaking out in support of keeping McCarthy in this position. Scalise, um, it had been said, he indicated or suggested maybe he wasn't interested. But now the, the report is that they are calling around gauging support what are you hearing on this is this because they're thinking oh okay yeah i want it or all right well we have no choice but to kind of figure this out what what's the word um certainly like folks like jim jordan didn't ever he did not want to be speaker so i think that in a vacuum somebody has to step forward and and i think that he's there's enough people that are encouraging him to step forward and lead. Um, uh, the other names, I think Scalise is already a leader. Um, he's serving in the, the role of the floor leader. Now he is, he's going through some health issues, mm-hmm, right. but, um, but he's, so he's got to make that calculation whether or not it's, um, he can do right. it. And then Kevin Hearn is the chairman of the Republican study group, which is the, I'm a member of that group. It's the more conservative conference it's not as in my opinion conservative as freedom caucus but but it is a conservative conference and he is he was elected the leader it's it's a conference of i want to say probably 75 percent of the entire republican conference so the fact that he's already been elected by most republicans to serve in that leadership role is a pretty good um, example of what yeah. he what kind of votes he can get. Uh, we're talking with Congressman Burleson. All right, on um, the the vote again. So there, the the side of the Republicans who voted to oust him, and and their reasons vary to a degree. Matt Gates pointed that out when it comes to Mace, uh, but that uh, you know, hey, when it comes to spending, this stuff isn't getting under control, along with a number of other issues. Um, but some other conservative have expressed, well, yeah, but it, it it appears that McCarthy has done some things and there's still the potential that he will continue to do so. Um, if Can you sort of explain the difference in opinion on that, if that makes sense? On, on what? Well, like, I, for, I, well, the, well, the Republicans who are presenting McCarthy as not doing any good whatsoever for conservatives versus some conservatives who are saying that's uh, not exactly true. And that's why he still has we, we should still. Yeah. Yeah. So I so here's some examples of that I can give um, under John Boehner and under Paul Ryan, not a single member of Freedom Caucus was on rules they weren't on appropriations they were they were basically delegated to oversight and judiciary because because those committees while they are 
they are great committees to be on TV and they're good investigative t- committees, especially when there's a president that is a Democrat in office. They are, they, they, you can't raise money off, off of those committees. And so it, it, there was a lot of things that the speaker did to punish people who were part of Freedom Caucus who were conservatives. Um, the, McCarthy completely upset that card. He put probably, he put not only one, but he put three firebrand conservatives on the rules committee, which is the most powerful committee. He put, um, he put mem- like four members on the appropriations committee. So I think that I just saw a lot of internal mm-hmm. decisions that indicated that <clears throat> he was at least agnostic. At the very least, he had no animosity towards conservatives, and if anything, tried to bring them in to work with them. Was there any um, point that you saw in the future where you thought, okay, well, he still has to prove himself? Was there a line in the sand? Because there are some Republicans that, hey, McCarthy's great no matter what. He's doing fantastic. Then, you know, those that obviously said no. But those that I get the sense, and I think from when you were on with us Monday suggesting that, uh, you know, he he could, we are not really sure he could go one way or another on this. And was there a line for you when it comes to that evaluation? Yeah, to me, the line was the the end of this this current CR, which ends in now forty days from now. And so, if we get to that point, and and in my mind, I I had placed in my mind, as did a lot of people, that we were, were giving him the the adequate time to to get this done to pass the twelve appropriation bills which hasn't been done. I mean, which is a standard that it's a high expectation, but it's one that I believe we have to have these days in order to get, in order to fix this country. And so I wanted those to be completed by, by the end of this, you know, continuing resolution. And if they weren't and McCarthy was, it was clear that he never really intended to do that. He wasn't, he was not, uh, successful in doing that, then at that point in time, I was I would have been ready to to right. vote, get to get rid of him, because now you're at the end. The clock has run out. You're at the end, and so my analogy is this, Nick. Right now, we are in the two minute warning, mm-hmm. and and we are you know are we're down on run on on points. So. We, if we want to, you know, score a touchdown or take a field goal, we have got, we have a very short window here to do it. And so I, I think replacing the coach because we're down, but we still have two minutes left, it, it's not the time to replace the coach. The time would be after the game's over, then you, then you evaluate and say, all right, that was really poor decision making. It's time to make a change. Right. And that would be after that That's, 45 days of the continuing resolution for you. It yeah, w- that would have been. For me, that was, <laughs> yes. I guess that's yes. a moot point uh, at, at this point. All right. Well, listen, I appreciate I know that you're busy. A lot of people wanting to talk with you. Uh, but we did want to get you with this uh, occurring yesterday. And again, happy belated birthday and appreciate you being with us this morning. 
Yep, thank you. The good news is I get to come home. Hey, well, there you go. This craziness. There you. Oh well, well. And by the way, so I think I know the answer to this. But someone said, how, "Why? Why is everybody going home and waiting until, until next week? Why aren't they just trying to go ahead and vote for a new speaker today or now?" Yeah, yeah. The, no, there's no way that there's gonna yeah. there, there there will be a healthy decision made. In, Got it. All given, right. Given the environment. Cool. Sounds good. Congressman Burleson, thank you, sir. Thank you. Springfield's Talk 104.1. I'm Nick Lee. A1 Custom Car Care, all of your car care needs. Don't forget, you can always text in questions as Dustin and Sarah co-host the radio show A1 Custom Car Care every uh, Saturday right here. And if you miss any of the programs, you can go back to the on-demand section. When you text, what they do is they go over the, uh, the questions and then sometimes there may be some research involved. And so uh, they'll, they'll grab those questions from the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line and then uh, utilize some of those in order to formulate the future shows. So when you send those, if you send it in during the show and you don't hear it answered, uh, that, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be answered. It's just the way that they utilize those to develop the show uh, dictates that it be used for a future show. So that's uh, something for you to do. And, of course, any sort of questions you have about your vehicle, the sounds it's making, the way it's pulling to the left, and any routine maintenance, A1 Custom Car Care. Got another hour coming up. Don't forget, mark it on your calendars just a couple days away. We've got Retro Metro Happy Hour coming up this Friday for to six.